0: Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, he is a great God. He is a great God. Somebody say hallelujah in this place today. Oh, he's a great and marvelous God. Mm, mm, mm. I apologize. I just had to worship a little bit. Is that all right? Yes. (laughs) I had to help myself, yes, yes, oh my God, my God, Mm, mm, mm. he's a marvelous God, yes, oh what a joy it is to be with you today, my heart is so full, oh man, Lord have mercy, Mm. my heart is pouring over with joy. I just, every time I come, I know I say this every time, but every time I come here, I feel like I'm coming back home, man. And I don't know nothing about Cleveland. (laughs) But I know you, and you know me, and that's enough. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to be able uh, to speak a word in season to you, and it's just a blessing to be here my heart is so full and I hope I can capture it so that I can preach. Um, And I think I'll be able to do that. I want to just briefly do something. God told me to do this. So uh, if you get upset, just get mad at him. All right. (laughs) I want all the men from the age of 40 and younger. I want in this place who are African-American men age of 40 and younger, I want you to stand up right now. If you could stand up for me. I don't care if you're two years old, one year old, or 40 years old. I want you to stand for me right now. Amen. Amen. Somebody say bless God. Bless God. Men, God told me to tell you this. He told me to tell you this. You are valued by him. You hear what I'm saying to you? You hear what I'm saying to you? You are valuable. You are valuable. That's all he told me to tell you. That's all he told me to tell you. You are valuable. You are valuable. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they've told you. I don't care what you read, what you heard. You are of value to him. And that makes all the difference in the world. It makes all the difference in the world. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you standing. We serve a good God. Come on, say man. I want to thank your pastor who is uh, such a good friend of mine (laughs) I love your pastor y'all know that don't you Um, we are just brothers I tell you two brothers from two different mamas but uh, we love each other so much and I appreciate him uh, beyond anything you could probably even understand Uh, but you may understand after this sermon (laughs) but I want you to know that uh, you are so blessed to have a leader like Pastor Myron You really are. You really are. And uh, I'm not trying to promote him. I'm trying to promote the God in him. Come on say amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't want him to get too high either. Come on say amen. You know, but uh, God is strong and powerful through him and I just continue to pray for him. And I ask you to pray for your pastor. Pray for all your leaders, as a matter of fact. All your deacons, your deaconesses, everybody who's up front and those who are behind the scenes, even the people up on the mics. Pray for them. Because the devil has a target for all of them. He don't want nobody to hear the word of God. So pray for them. And uh, once again... Thank you for this time. Now, we're going to move forward in the Lord, all right? Is that all right? Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of 2 Thessalonians. What book did I say, everybody? Chapter 2 and verse 16 and 17. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. When you have it, say amen. 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 Second Thessalonians chapter 2, <clears throat> verses 16 and 17. The Bible declares. Now may, the, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation. And good hope by grace comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and deed. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Today I want to just talk to you just for a little while from the subject the comforting God. The comforting God. Let's let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father God, Lord, I thank you so much for this, an illustrious opportunity to glorify you in season and in this time. Lord, bless this week, preacher, with an infilling, a double portion of your Holy Ghost. You know what I've come to do, and I'm asking you to do it for me, because I can't do it in and of myself. I need you, Lord, today. Hide me behind your cross, and let us all see Jesus in his perfect purity and power. Let the grace of God be shed abroad in every heart this morning. Why? Because we ask it all in the worthy name of Jesus. Let everyone say amen and amen. I want to start this sermon with a quote. I usually don't do this, but I'm going to start this sermon with a quote, and it's probably a quote that your pastor has shared with you before. So if you've heard it, just indulge me if you will. It's from the Review and Herald, August 2nd, 1881. And it reads, the shortness of time is urged as an incentive for us to seek righteousness and to make Christ our friend. This is not the great motive. It savors of selfishness. Is it necessary that the terrors of the day of God be held before us to compel us through fear to right action? This ought not to be. And then this is my favorite part of the quote. You with me? Jesus is attractive. I'm going to say that again because I don't know if you heard that. Jesus is attractive. And I'm going to add a word to the end of that quote. Can I add a word right there? Jesus is attractive enough. Somebody say hallelujah in this place. Now, can I summarize what's going on here just real quick in my own vernacular, in my own words? Can I do that for you? Uh, What the prophet is trying to say here is that you can't and we can't go around scaring people into the kingdom that doesn't work that doesn't work you can't scare people into doing what's right you can't scare people into wanting to try to live holy for Christ no 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 you've got to give them something attractive that will draw their attention towards something other than what they've been doing over the last few years Are y'all with me today? In other words, you got to give them a better God than the God they're already serving. I wish I had some help up in here. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You can't scare people. You know why? Because scaring somebody and uh, fear is what is known as an emotion. Fear is known as a what everybody? An emotion. And how many know that emotions come and go like the tide and the breeze? I remember back, oh, back in 2001, I think it was, when, when those planes hit the towers. Y'all remember that? I'll never forget, it was a Tuesday morning, and I was out trying to buy a car. Hello, somebody. Didn't buy the car that day, hallelujah. But everybody was rushing into the car dealership, and I, I was wondering what in the world is going on. It was early in the morning, and I ran inside, and I saw that second plane hit the tower. And I said, Lord God, what in the world is going on? Everybody was paused for just one moment in time. Are y'all with me today? I believe everybody who was alive at that moment right now, you could remember exactly where you were at that moment in time. Why? Because fear began to grip everybody, at least in America. Lo and behold, it was Tuesday, so Wednesday night came. And what do we do on Wednesday night? Wednesday night prayer meeting. Y'all with me? Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Wednesday night prayer meeting looked better than 10 or 12 Sabbaths. Everybody and their grandmother and their great-grandmother was at prayer meeting that week. Are y'all with me today? trying to find out what's going on, Pastor. Is it the end of the world? What's happening? What's going on? And for two whole weeks, I had a hot (laughs) off-the-pot prayer meeting. But then as they began to find out what was going on, they found out that terrorists had done it and not God. I wish I had help in here. All of a sudden, prayer meeting went back down. 10 or 12 people, and that's including me, my wife, and the kids. Hello, somebody. Why? Because fear is a terrible emotion to draw somebody to Christ. You can make anybody be fearful. You can motivate anybody to do just about anything by fear. But it does not last. Fear, like almost every emotion, is temporary. But joy is beyond emotion. Joy is something that comes deep down on the inside of who you are when you know who God is for yourselves. Nobody can turn you away. Nobody can turn your head when you got the best girl in town. When you got the best homeboy, are y'all with me? You don't need to look at any other man. And when you got the number one God, no other gods will come before him. Because Jesus is attractive. Are y'all with me today? Now, what most, well, I won't say most, forgive me, Lord. What many preachers today use as drawing an attraction to Jesus is this prosperity gospel. Y'all with me today? <clears throat> Where you come to Jesus and he's going to make everything all right. And, and not only is he going to make it all right, he's going to make you rich. He's going to bring you into good green fields. Are y'all with me today? He's going to fill your coffers with all kinds of money and power and all of these kinds of things. But I want you to know, saints of God, while that may be the case for certain people in here, there may come a time when God will cause you or allow you to be successful. Somebody say hallelujah in this place. Ain't nothing wrong with having money and things. Come on, say amen. The problem is when money and things have you. And so, you know, I don't want you to be drawn to what God, what the things that God can give you. I want you to be drawn to the God of the things. And so what most preachers preach on, I won't say most, forgive me, Lord. What many preachers preach on today in order to draw people to Christ is they try to show God in all the positive things of life. But today I want to deal with the real deal. I want to deal with the God who is with you, even in the worst of your moments. Are y'all with me today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't know about you, but I'm not always on a high with Jesus. See, see, see. There are times when I don't feel like getting up and going to work. There are times when, you know what, I don't feel like getting up and going to Sabbath school this morning. I wish I had help in this place. There's some times when it's like, you know what, I really don't want to crack my Bible today. I think I'll make it on my own. And I want you to know that God is still with you even when you reject his presence right now he's still staying with you he's still there that's the kind of god he is he's a comforting god somebody say amen he's a comforting god and i want to talk about this god who deals with you in your worst of times see i don't know if you understand this but we live in a world that's not perfect Things aren't always on the high and mighty. Are you with me today? Things don't always go like we'd like them to go. And so I want you to understand what it means when I talk about a comforting God. What does it mean to be comforted? What does comfort actually mean? Let me tell you what comfort does not mean. Comfort is not pulling a person out of a situation. That's called deliverance. I'm going to say it again. Comfort is not pulling a person out of a situation. That's called deliverance, not comfort. Are you with me today? Or salvation, not comfort. Number two, comfort is not telling a person that a situation is better than it actually is. That's called lying. Can I get some dab on that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because sometimes it really is as bad as it looks. Sometimes it really feels like hell on earth. Sometimes I don't want you to tell me it looks good because right now I've lost my wife, I've lost my son, I've lost my daughter. I'm in hell and I need somebody to let me know I understand. Stop lying to me and telling me it's going to be all right. No, it's not going to be all right. My son is gone. Never to return. Are y'all with me today? Can I keep it real or, you know, am I in the wrong church? I just want to know. I just want to know. Don't lie to me. See, and that's how God is. God never lies to you. God never tells you sweet nothings on the bed pillow. God looks you straight in the eye and says, son, daughter, I understand. Are you with me? Third thing, comfort is not putting a good spin on a precarious problem. That's called politicking. Politicians make billions of dollars Putting a good spin on a precarious situation. Are y'all with me today? Saying, we're going to work it out. It's gonna No, it ain't going to work out. Come on, say amen. You lied last time, now you're lying again, but you get voted back in for whatever reason. Somebody in here knows what I'm talking about because you've got a good way of putting a good spin on things and fooling me into thinking that somehow it's going to turn around. That's not God. He doesn't give us empty promises. Somebody say hallelujah today. But we serve a God who's a God of comfort. A God of what, everybody? A God of comfort. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 16, Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us. Ooh, let me stop right there. Which hath loved us. Which hath what, everybody? Loved us. Notice the word is not which loves us, but which hath loved. That's a past tense. I believe that's what that is. I think I took English in high school or something like that. Are y'all with me? In other words, Paul is pointing here to the fact that God has already done something for us in our lives. Something that we need to be reminded of every single day. What is that something? That something is that Christ died for us. Couldn't get a hallelujah on that. You know why? Because we think we already know that. You see my face right now? I'm dead serious. I'm not even playing. You think you already know that Christ died for you, but you don't. If you really understood that, you would jump up and say, thank you, God, for setting me free. See, you don't know how bad it really was for you at the cross. You don't know how tenuous that needle was going from left to right at the cross. If he just said you know what Daddy I'm tired come get me It was over for us yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. amen. You don't know how the Mercury was going from one side Or the other at the cross You don't understand it Because you think That you are going to get yourself In the glory Yes you do You think that it's something that you're doing that's going to make you righteous enough for God to say, Come on in, son. Come on in, daughter. But I want you to know, there is nothing you can do to make yourself acceptable unto God. Nothing you can do. I don't care how many postums you drink. I don't care how many tickets you eat. I don't care how much jewelry you take off. I don't care how many times you've read the Conflict of the Ages series. I don't care how many times you got to church at Sabbath on time. You cannot earn your way in the glory. That's why Jesus had to die. He had to die! He had to die! He had to die! He had to die! He had to die. die. Why? So that I could live. So that I could live. So that I could live. So that I could live, man. So that I could live. That's why he had to go. So that I could live. It was the only way This thing is for real, man. It was the only doggone way. There was no other way. No other God could do it. Nobody else in heaven could do it. It had to be Jesus. And so he says, listen, because based upon the fact of what God has done for you already. If you could just get that in your spirit, that it's already over, the battle is already won, he is a defeated foe, he has no more enemy, he has no ammunition left. The devil can't even do anything but lie to you. That's all he's got left in his quiver, that's it, that's the only arrow he got. He got to lie to you and make you say, You know what, Jesus, listen to me. This is his lie. Are y'all with me? His lie is Jesus is not enough. Oh, yeah, he's good. He's good. He's good. He's a good example, and he motivates you to do good things. But, but he's not good enough. You've got to add to what he's done. You, you, you've got to add to it. Because his blood doesn't cover everything in your life. And the proof of that is that you're still doing it. See, that's why sin is such a problem. Because sin has a tendency to prove to us the devil's lies. It tells us God's blood must not be efficacious because I'm still doing this. Are y'all with me today? And he uses your sin against you. It's like a cycle. You sin, he uses it against you. You sin, he uses it against you. He sin, you sin again, he uses it against you. To sin again. To use it against you. To sin again. And in between those times, you're saying, God forgive me. Sin. God forgive me. Do it again. Sin. God, forgive me. See, are y'all with me today? Does anybody know what I'm... Am I just talking to myself? And you get sick and tired of the cycle and you say, God, what is the problem? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to wake up earlier in the morning. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to read my Bible just a little bit more. That's what I'm going to do. And that's going to help me not to sin anymore. That's what I'm going to do. And you get up earlier in the morning. Are y'all with me today? And things go well for about two days. And man, you feel clean. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I ain't sinned in two days. <laughs> I mean, I ain't messed up in two days. Well, it was a little bit of something, but that don't count. That don't count. That don't count. And then your son said something to you and you lose your temper. Then your wife looks at your cross-eyed, and you lose your temper. Are you with me today? Then a church member just steps on all over your toes, and, and you're trying to hold it, but, but the humanity in you just can't stand it. And you say, you saw it. Oh, hello, somebody. And you say, I did it again. God, what's wrong with me? Why is this happening? Can I tell you what it is? Can I tell you what it is? It is a fight of faith that you're fighting. It's not physical. It's, it's right here in your head. See, you are living under the shadow of condemnation. Because you don't believe that you're free. You're trying to get out of a prison that you're already free. (laughs) Does anybody, do you understand what I'm saying to you? And so. It is a driving motivator for you because you're thinking, I'm going to be condemned if I don't do this right. But you can't do it right. Therefore, you're already condemned. So what am I going to do? Mike, it's already been done. At the cross. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's why I shout. That's why I scream and yell. That's why I sway with the choir. when they, You all with me today? Because I know what he's already done for me. He's already done it. And sometimes I forget. And that's why I've got to come to church and share what's going on with me. And the people going on with me to church are sharing what's going on with them. And they tell me, they show me, Mike, it's all right. It's already been done. I've got to be reminded constantly because we live in a world that says you're not anything until you do something. The world is constantly telling you that you're nothing until you do something. And what God is saying is, before you even did it, I already done it. So now you can go and do it. Because I set you free. That's why you read your Bible. You read it to remind you of what he's done. You don't read it to find out what you need to do. No, I needed to find out and remind myself of what he's done. And when I receive what he has done, his spirit is imparted to me and his spirit will tell me what I need to do. I don't have to figure it out. He will show me. Because that's just how good he is. But you don't believe that. You know why? because we don't want to believe it. This is what I realize. Faith is believing in one story out of many. I'm going to say that again. Faith is belief in one story out of many. Are y'all with me today? There are a lot of stories that tell us who we are in this world. Are you listening to me? And every one of them has their own attraction. But every one of them has the same story, the same uh, mechanisms, the same uh, uh, logistical structure. And that is, you've got to do something in order to be accepted. The only one that's different is Jesus. He's the only one that says you're already accepted. You don't have to do anything. I've already loved you from before time began. And the problem with most of us is we've grown up in such a works, do it, do it, hard, works, works, get it done, do what I got to do to make it happen. We grow up in such a world like that for so long that when we hear this message that we don't have to do anything, it actually offends us. <laughs> I work Lord, help me. Let me not get too. <laughs> I know a rabbi. Are y'all with me? Who is offended by the grace found in the Christian faith. She told me it's disgusting <laughs> that you can actually do bad things and still be received. That's disgusting to us. It is despicable. And I tried to teach her and show her that grace is not only in the New Testament, but it's found in the Old Testament. Are y'all with me today? I showed her that even though Noah was a good man, he was not completely clean and free from sin. I showed her that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. In other words, God gave him something that he didn't have. That's what grace is. She said, I don't see that concept in the Old Testament. I said, let me show you, let me show you. And I showed her grace, grace, grace. And the Old Testament, she said, okay, I understand where you're coming from. And I told her, I said, listen, the problem is not whether or not it's in there. The problem is whether you want to believe it's there. Do you want a God who does everything for you? Or do you want to have a part in doing stuff for yourself? And then when you get in trouble, we can call on God to get me out. See, that, that's really the issue for Christians. Are y'all with me today? That's the teeter-totter of a Christian life. We're trying to figure out how we can add what we do onto what God does. And God says, no, I've got it. Let me handle it. No, God, let me handle it. And then when I get in trouble, I'll call you, no, let me handle it, Mike. No, God, I'm going to do it myself. And he says, okay. Have at it, Hoss. Are y'all with me? Do it yourself. And when you run into the wall and your engine is inside of the cabin and your seatbelt don't work and you're in the hospital, are y'all with me today? And ain't nobody coming to see you. That's when you realize it's only him that's going to do it. That's what we call the gospel. The gospel is good news. The gospel is what, everybody? Can I tell you something? Let me tell you how you know you've been to a church that's preached good news. When you've been to a church that preached good news, you feel lighter when you walk outside the church. You feel lifted. You feel like, man, I had a burden, but I don't even remember what it was. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm so full of the gospel of grace, I feel good. But when you've been to a church that, ladies and gentlemen, is preaching words, you know how you come out of there. Girl, I guess I can make it till next week. You know, this is what I'm saying. When you have heard the gospel, it's a totally different, ladies and gentlemen, totally different result. When you haven't heard the gospel, when someone is preaching works to you in light of the gospel or with a gospel spin on it. Hello, somebody. And we're good at that. Because I've done it. What you wind up thinking when you're leaving is what else do I have to do? That's what's on your mind. When you hear a works sermon, this is what you're thinking. I got more to do. When you're walking down the steps, stay outside. Are y'all with me? That's what you're thinking when you're leaving. I got more to do, man. I ain't going to make it. I don't know. I don't know. But when you've heard a gospel sermon, all you're thinking about is what God has done for you and what he is doing right now. That's the difference because the focus of the gospel is on God, not us. Somebody say hallelujah to the grace of God. And so Paul says here, look at what God has already done. He's already loved you. Who has loved us and has given us everlasting, what everybody? Consolation and good hope by his grace. Somebody say hallelujah. The word, ladies and gentlemen, for consolation. And then in verse 17 says, comfort, may he comfort your hearts. That word is the word paraklesis, which means to be called to one side. It's the same word that we get the word Holy Spirit from. Somebody say hallelujah. And so what we're talking about when we're talking about a comforting God, a God who comforts us, is he's not a God who always delivers us out of problems. He's not a God who lies to us and tells us that the problems are going to be all right. He's not a God that spins it for us and tells us, hey, it'll be worked out. No, no. He's a God that comes right where we are in the hell that we're in. And one, uh, listen. One uh, uh, definition of this word, paraklesis, is literally means to brave together a challenge. Are y'all with me? Let me, my brother, come here for a second. See, there's a difference. Watch me now. There's a difference between a challenge that's in my life. And I'm working through this thing and I'm by myself. Are y'all with me? Yeah. There's a whole world of difference because between I'm down here in the dumps and nobody understands where I am. Nobody can see me. Nobody can talk to me. I'm in hell and nobody cares. There's a difference between that and I'm in the same place and I got somebody with me. And so when he's going through, the way that I comfort him is not by telling him it's going to be all right, man. Just read these couple of verses, man. You read these scriptures, you're going to be all right, all right? I'll see you next week at Glenville. That's not comforting. It's comforting to you because you think you did something for him. But comfort is, brother, I'm here. Listen, this thing is rough. I see what you see. Hey, this is some hell that you in, man. I'll tell you what, I'm going to be here with you the whole time. I'm going to be here tomorrow. I'm going to be here next week. I'm going to be here next month. Until you get through this thing, I'm with you all the way. That's called comfort. Because I've got somebody who sees what I see. Who's living with me in this thing, even though they don't have to. Thank you, man. Amen. Amen. Yes. See, that's called comfort. Paraklesis, coming alongside somebody when they're in the hell that they're in. See, right now, what God has done for me these last few months over the past year, He's allowed me. He's afforded me the opportunity to be in that position. See, I work right now as a chaplain over at Riverside Methodist Hospital, and I see people in their worst moments, man. I mean, you are talking about all kinds of death, from gunshots to, you understand what I'm saying to you? To people who have just killed themselves. And I'm there dealing with the aftermath of the families. Are you with me? Now, before I went into this thing, I was scared to death. Scared to death. I was like, Lord, I don't know what to say to these people. I don't know how to deal with this. And what God showed me is, Mike, just be there with them. You ain't got to say nothing because you ain't got nothing to say. Duh. But what you have is a heart for people. What you have is a heart for wanting to connect with folk in their worst moments, Mike. What you have is a heart for wanting to love people when they're the most unloving. That's what you got. That's what I put in you, Mike. So I want you to be there for somebody when they have nobody else. And God has shown me what he can do through a nobody like me, because I'm willing to be used to be of comfort. Are y'all with me today? Thank you I'm going to keep it real with y'all. Can I keep it real with y'all? We're talking about a comforting God. Are y'all with me? I want y'all to know something. I love your pastor so much. He's been such a blessing to me. It's beyond anything that I can hardly even articulate to you. And I'm going to tell you why. And the only reason why I'm going to tell you is because God told me to tell you. See, a few years ago, your preacher standing in front of you had a precipitous fall. I mean, I messed up. You understand what I'm saying to you? And I'm not talking about a little mess up. I'm talking about a mess up that everybody can see. See, some mess ups, you can mess up and you're the only one who knows and you can get through it. But when everybody knows your mess and it's obvious that you are not as righteous as you appear to be. Are y'all with me today? Yeah, that's when it gets real. And let me tell you something right now. Before I even get into this, I want you to know something. This sermon right here, this sermon is really all about me. All right? I didn't read this in a book. I didn't come up with no psycho babble. This is real for me. Alright, I'm laying my life out on the line right now for you. And the reason why I'm doing that is because I know somebody else needs to hear it. That's the only reason why I'm allowing this to happen. Because God told me to do it and so I'm going to do it. But I know somebody else needs it. I mean, man, I was done. I was finished. And as far as anybody else was concerned, no more preaching for that brother. He's messed up, it's over with, he's done. And in my own mind, I was like, it's over. It's over for me, man. And so, it got so bad. See, when you're down, Lord help me. When you are down, the devil does not just leave you alone. Can I get a little witness in here? When when you are down, that's when the devil really starts to pour it on. You know why? Because he knows if I can get him to believe that God doesn't care about him either, I can really take one out of the kingdom. And that's where I was. And I got to a point, Elder, where I was like, God, you don't even care about me anymore. And I was pissed at God. Have you ever been pissed at God? Yes, I said the word. Yes, I said the word. I don't care. I don't, I don't care if you don't like it. I'm just telling you. And I said, God, how is it that you allow me to get here? It's your fault. Come on, It's not fair. It's not right. I did everything I knew to do right. And you allowed me to fall like this in front of everybody. It ain't right. Oh, I've given up for these people and none of them care about me. I've shown so much love as I know it's a gift, and nobody gives a flip about me, man. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take myself out of here to get back at you for letting me go through this. Well, you got two sons and you got another. I don't care. I'm sick of you doing me like this, man. I'm in hell and nobody cares. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Yeah. This thing is for real, man. I ain't telling you no joke. Yeah. Yeah. I have visions of blowing my head off. That'll show them, that'll let them know how much I'm in pain. That's right suicide that's right I ain't scared of it I'm not scared to tell you anything and that's the freedom I have in God right now I said I'm done man I'm finished everybody knows me and everybody's seen it and I can't change it And I'll never forget, God showed me one day, before I moved to Ohio, he showed me, he said, he showed me, listen to me, he showed me a cross in the sky. And I looked, and I saw that vision of the cross. And as I looked closer, are y'all with me today? I'm driving my white 1998 Plymouth Voyager van. Barely can work on the, on the piece of garbage transmission. Are y'all with me today? And as I looked on that cross, I saw myself. I didn't see Jesus, I saw myself. And this is what he said to me. He said, Michael, the reason why I've allowed this is because I'm going to let you be sacrificed so that others can be saved. He said, that's my plan, Mike. That's my plan. And he asked me, are you going to accept that? And I said, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm just keeping it real can I keep it real (laughs) no (laughs) that's a quick answer no (laughs) but in my heart (laughs) in my heart I was saying okay God and so God and I had it out man in a parking lot there in Knoxville Tennessee we had it out And I began to cry tears that's worse than what you see right now. I could not stop crying. And I said, Lord, if that's your plan, if that's what you want to do, I'll do it. And so this is the man you see before you today. But let me go back to where I was. This thing got so bad, man, I was ready to take myself out. You hear what I'm saying? And man, your pastor. (laughs) Oh, God. Man, Myron, I don't know if you're looking on the camera, but I love you, man. I'm just letting you know straight up. Your pastor would text me every once in a while or call me, and he would say, Mike, Shanae and I are praying for you right now. Mike, I'm lifting you up in prayer right now. And when he said that, it was a time when I was thinking about getting out of this life, man. That's all right. That's all right. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. Man, you talk about God using somebody, man. See, your pastor is one of the few who weren't afraid to still be my friend when nobody else would be. I'm talking about your pastor. Okay? When it wasn't popular to have me up in a pulpit, he did. And it probably still ain't popular. (laughs) He was the first one, man. Never forget it. Now why do I say this? I'm letting you know what it means to be a consolation in a time of somebody else's need. You understand what I'm saying to you? You can't be afraid of other people's sins. As though it's going to taint you. You're already sinful. Don't you know that? Ain't nobody going to infect you with sin. You already infected. And what kills me about Christians, especially sometimes Seventh-day Adventists, is that we are the only soldiers who are on a battlefield and when one soldier gets hit with a bullet, we take his own gun and shoot him with it. Kill him off so we can keep on moving forward. We don't give a about anybody else, but our doggone selves. Because we think that we're going to make ourselves get into the kingdom. And what you don't understand is it's not you going to make you in, it's God who puts you in. And when you get it understanding in your mind that God has already placed your name on a roll, then you can start worrying and concern yourself with other people and helping others where they are. Somebody say amen. In other words, God's going to take care of your business. You go take care of his business. See, that's that's the problem in the church. Don't nobody want to help nobody else but themselves. And the only reason why I'm going to help you is because I'm getting some reciprocity later on. In other words, it's a quid pro quo. I'm doing something for you. You got to do something for me. That's all the kind of love we have. No unconditional love, none. Even though God has shed his unconditional love all in our lives. And I'm not saying this arrogantly. I'm saying this as humbly as I can. We have got to get off our high horse as a church and go down where people are and reach them where they are and help them see that the love of Christ can reach you even while you're in hell Amen. Amen. Yes. you know that text about how, how, uh, how the psalmist says hey if I go to heaven you're there if I go across land you're there if I make my my, 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 my home in hell you're there well ladies and gentlemen I've been to all those places okay and I have been to hell are you listening to me I've been to Sheol. I have been to hell. And when I got to hell, I looked and I was looking for the devil. And the only face I could see was Jesus. I said, Duh, you're in hell with me. He said, yes, I'm right here with you, son. And if you just hold on to my hand, if you just let me have my life in your life, I'll get you up out of here. Yes, sir. That's why when people lie and say, oh, God doesn't go up in clubs. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. I know that for a fact because I've been there. Oh, yeah. I've had bullets run right past my ear in the club. Don't tell me God don't go to the club. God goes anywhere he wants to go. And if you are in hell, he will show up. So that's the attractive God that I'm trying to show you today. Are y'all with me today? I'm not trying to show you some God that's going to give you all the money. If that's the kind of God you want, that's fine. I'm talking about a God who when I'm in the worst moment in my life, he can show up. That's the God I'm talking about. When nobody else cares and everybody else writes me off, he's there. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Because I'm going to tell you right now, money can come and go, baby. As quick as you can earn it and get it, that's how quick you can leave. But the only thing that stands firm and holds fast is the love of God. And so that's all I came to tell you today, man. I ain't even preaching no more. I'm done. I'm done. I just want you to know that he loves you, man. I don't care what hell you're in. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what the church said about you. They don't own heaven. God does. And God says, if you trust me, I'll show you who I am. Let me me give you this text. I I said I was going to do that. Sis, the second text that I gave you, that second text, is 2 Corinthians. Y'all turn with me here. Real quick, I got to say this. I got to say this. Thank you for reminding me, God. Thank you. See, my understanding is that some of many of you are going out today in the community. Amen. Come on, say amen. Listen, listen, listen. You see this text right here? You see this text right here? I want you to own this text right here. I want this text to be your text, like it's mine. Are y'all with me today? You can, keep, you can play something, brother. Thank you, man. <laughs> you know you're my boy, man. <laughs> I, I want you all to see this text, because th- this is a powerful text, man. 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 4 says, Who comforteth us in how much tribulation? all tribulation, that means everything somebody say hallelujah to that yeah, he didn't say some, he said everything he comforts us, he comes alongside us in other words, he's right there with us in all tribulation, he sees what I see he knows what I know, he puts himself in my place in every tribulation he's there, are y'all with me today watch this that we may be able, why does he do that? He does it. Somebody said, God, why do you allow me to go through issues? Why do you have me going through all these problems? Why you let me lose all this money that I made? Why, God? Why you got me in all this debt? Why, Lord, does everybody have my name on their lips? And it's a negative connotation every time. He tells you why right here. He says that we may be able to do what, everybody? Comfort them which are in what, everybody? Any trouble by the comfort. How? By the comfort. How? By the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Listen to me. You want to know why you are where you are? Please look at me. Don't look at nothing else. Look at me. You want to know why you're in the hell you're in right now? It's because God needs you to go through so that he can show you what kind of God he is. He needs you to understand that any challenge you and him can face together. Why? Because one day somebody else is going to come down the line and they're going to need to know that God can be God on the mountain or he can be God in the valley. He can be God in heaven or he can be God even in hell. They're going to need to know that. And I'm letting you go through, Michael. I'm letting you go through, Sally. I'm letting you go through, James. I'm letting you go through, William, because they're going to need to know who I am. they're going to need to know that I can reach even in the devil's courtroom. Yeah, I can go there. You know how I know he can go there? Because that's what he did. My Bible tells me saints of God, when the fullness of time was come, he came in the form of sinful human flesh. And he dwelt among us. He came to hell on earth. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying to you? When he came to hell, to, to hell on earth, ladies and gentlemen, he didn't come and sleep in the king's palace. He didn't come driving around in a Maserati or a nice little Bentley or a Benz. No, he came, saints of God, and he had nowhere to lay his own head. He knows what you're going through. He's been there. He came into his own people and his own people rejected him. Have you ever had that happen to you? People who claim to love you and now they don't even know your name? Had you on speed dial last week and now they can't even find you. You ever had that happen to you? I have. He's been there. He knows what it's like ladies to be kissed And betrayed at the same time. Oh, yeah, yeah. He knows what that's like. He knows what it's like. To have somebody say, I love you, and get ready to send you to hell. All in the same action. You think he doesn't know? You say, you say, God, you you don't love me. I I don't think you love me. Listen, what else do you want him to do, man? I'm asking you, what else can he do? His own son was killed by his own creation on a filthy, rugged cross. Six hours and dying. He could have easily called 10,000 agents. We know the song. We know the reality, but he stayed there all day long. <laughs> do you really think he would do that just to be playing fun? You think that was a joke? He did that to show you his love. I'm willing to die for you. I'm willing to go to hell for you. Yes, I am. I'm willing to die the second death. Because he had to trust his father that his father would wake him up. See, he didn't even know if his sacrifice was perfect. He didn't even know. He had to trust his father. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? He died the second death. You think he did that just to be playing tingly winks and having some fun? No, he did it to show the world, I love you. That is a sign, a fluorescent, glamoring laser sign. I love you. No matter what nobody else says. No matter what they say about you, I love you. I don't care if they gun you down in the street, I love you. I don't care if your brother was taken out of here by police or whoever else he was. I want you to know I love you and I love him too. I love all of you, not just certain parts. That's why I'm asking you to give your life to me now because I want all of you. I know all of you and I still love all of you. Lord have mercy. What kind of love, man? Listen, I live with my wife almost 20 years, and she don't know everything about me. You know what I'm saying? God knows everything, and he still loves me. Every thought, every thought I've ever had to do anything wrong or right, he knows it, and he still loves me. He knows exactly why I'm motivated to do anything for anybody, and he still loves me. He knows just how selfish I can be. And he still loves me. He got recorded on HD screen video when I cussed him out. And he still loves me. Is there anybody else greater? I ask you. I say like the song, nobody greater. Nobody greater. Nobody greater than you. If you believe that, I want you to stand with me right now. God, there's nobody greater. Nobody is better. Nobody will treat me like you in my worst moments. Thank you, Lord. Somebody here has been touched by this message. I don't know who it is, but I'm asking you, if you've been touched by this message and you've heard the call of Christ to give your life over to him completely, totally. Not, listen, you ain't trying to do nothing but just surrender completely to him. That's what I'm talking about. You want to say, God, I'm trusting you all the way. That's it. I'm tired of working for myself, trying to make it myself. I'm trying to look good for other people that don't even care about me. God, I want you to do it from the inside out on me. I trust you. If that's you, I want you to come down right now. I want to pray for you right now. Right now. Do it right now. Do it right now. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you've been. God knows you and he still loves you. Yes, he does. And right now, there's somebody here, there's some people here who have really been challenged by life. And you have been, listen to me, you have been in depression for a long time. and You had no idea how you were going to get out of it. The funk that you were in, you couldn't figure it out. And now you know that it's Jesus and only Jesus that can find you where you are and pull you out of the distress that you're in. I want you to come forward now, right now, right now. God bless you, brother. Right now, whoever you are, whoever you are, come forward. I want to pray for you right now. Lord, I've been down. I've been weary. And everybody else thinks I'm all right, but I'm not. Everybody else thinks I'm okay, but I'm not. Everybody else thinks I've got it together, but I don't. I I, I need somebody to lean on. Matter of fact, God, to be honest, I thought I had it together, but I know I don't. Come on down. Come on down. Right now. Right now. I just want to pray a prayer for you. That's all. just want to pray a prayer for you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Even in the balcony or wherever you are. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We can wait. It doesn't matter. God's waiting for you. We can wait for you too. Whoever you are. You want to say, God, nobody else can do it but you. If you don't do it, it ain't gonna get done. So please do it for me. Do it for me, like you've done it for others. Lord, please do it for me. Whoever you are, won't you come? Won't you come? Praise the Lord. We're gonna pray. We're gonna pray. Father in heaven, Lord, your mighty hand is shown greatly today. Shown greatly, Lord, in the ultimate weakness of your servant. Somehow you are made strong in my weakness. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, oh, that we could truly and fully know the complete in-depthness of your love for us. God, I just want to give you praise for loving me when I was unlovable. I was a nobody and nobody cared, but you did. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you for these precious people who have come forward just now who have decided and declared, God, I'm no longer going to fight this thing on my own. I'm going to give it all to you right now in the name of Jesus. God, set them free according to their faith. Set them free in Jesus' name. Do it, God, because nobody else will and nobody else can. God, let them know how loved they are. Let your grace Fill their bloodline. Let it pump the vesicles in their heart, oh God. And let them ever spill your name from their lips. And declare that the love of God saves me. Oh God, there are many here right now, under the sound of my voice, who are battling with depression right now. The devil has poured it on. They've seen nothing but darkness for weeks, months, who knows how long. And they're tired and they're worn out and they didn't even know this message was going to be preached today. But they're declaring now in the name of Jesus, oh God, take away my depressed spirit. And Lord, give me the joy of my salvation. Fill me with your love and your peace and take away all ounce of condemnation over them. Set them free, O oh God. Set them free. Remind us, Lord, what you have already done for us. For you have loved us already in Jesus. Thank you. Now, Lord, we need power to move forward. Oh yeah, we, we, we need power, Lord. We, we need your power to make it through just walking out of these church doors today. Because I know, Lord, that as sure as I'm speaking right now, the challenge is going to come. Soon as we walk out of this door, the challenge is going to come. Do what you used to do. Go back to the old way. Do what you used to do. Back in the day, it's better than this. He's going to try to draw us all back to Egypt. So God, I tell and I say right now, God, break every chain. Every chain that would seek to bind us down, break every chain now. In Jesus' name. Clear, Lord, our ledgers in glory. Throw away our sinful past. Never to let us see it again. And Lord, let us never be reminded of what we have done, but always let us be reminded of what you have done to cover it up and set us free. Thank you, God, for what you've done. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. But most of all, God, thank you for what you're gonna do for we've got hope now we've got faith now we believe we can do it not because of our own strength but because of the strength of God at the cross we've got power to live now remind us every day Lord of your grace and let us live for you and then Lord